whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hey, 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 we're here again. And every time I record these episodes, I always think to myself, I must go back to the first episode and focus on some of the things that I said I would cover off in the subsequent episodes. And of course, I will do that. But every week, something new pops up. And I think that's such a perfect episode for Hang On A Moment. And this week, the same thing has happened. (laughs) This week, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, and I'm going to share with you a few brain hacks to help you deal with this. So first of all, why am I talking about this? As always, something happens during my week that makes me feel, believe, and confident in the rationale for bringing this to an episode of the podcast. So obviously this podcast, hang on a moment, is all around having agency and owning yourself. If we talk about imposter syndrome, that is the total opposite to some extent, because imposter by pure definition is when we feel like a fraud, when we feel like a fake, when we don't believe or have confidence in our abilities. So an imposter, an imposter syndrome is really the complete opposite of having agency and owning yourself. Because what we're telling ourselves when we're having those experiences of imposter syndrome is, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm going to fail. Why would anyone want me? You know, why am I going to succeed? And it really is the opposite of where we need to be. So I have had this scenario came up in conversation about myself yesterday. And we all experience imposter syndrome. In fact, there's a statistic that says about 70% of the population will experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life. So if we think about that, 70% of the population is about 5.5 billion people. So welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. And let me tell you, you are not alone. <sighs> and breathe. <laughs> so if we're all walking around being imposters and not actually being as good as we say we are or pretending we're something that we're not, then we're all in the same boat pretty much. So let's have a conversation today about what all this means. So the reason why it came up for me yesterday was that I was talking to somebody who is working with me at the moment on my sales and marketing. Now, of course, with sales and marketing, we are clearly trying to create messages that encompass what we do, who we are, and how we can help people. That's why people will work with you. That's why people will buy from you. That's why people will buy your product because you're giving them something that will help them. That's what transactions are. It's all about, you know, giving something in return for receiving something, whether that's um, you're the recipient or whether you're 
the giver, so you receive something in return, which is obviously usually money, um, ultimately accolades and praise. And, you know, the utmost part of this is the fact that you have delivered something to somebody that has helped them to live their best lives. That's certainly my um, reason for being and reason for my business, but also, you know, being of service and actually living my life on purpose to help others. So, um, you know, we all go around our daily life, even if we work for somebody and we don't work for ourselves, we're all selling, we're all marketing ourselves. We might be selling ourselves to a new manager. We might be marketing ourselves to a new company that we want to do some work with as a contractor or as an employee. So we're all doing it. We're even doing it in the dating um, arena as well. We're all selling and we're all marketing. So a big part of that is about the messaging. And sometimes when we have to write a message about who we are, and what we will deliver for somebody, regardless of the fact that it's true, we don't believe it. We can't take that on board. And this is what was happening to me yesterday. I was going through some um, work with my amazing sales and marketing um, coach and consultant, and I actually felt a tad of imposter syndrome because I was looking at the words and I was thought, even though I know that that's what I do, it just doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel right. And hence why I thought, okay, I need to find a way to change the way I think about this because actually it was doing me a disservice. And, you know, ultimately as a coach, as a coach in in, in the wellbeing space, you know, I, I come across this actually quite often with my clients and I will come across this with my clients again as we move forward because as I've said before, about 5.5 billion people on this planet will go through the feeling of imposter syndrome. So we are not alone. It is pretty common. So if we think about imposter syndrome, it is very much the opposite of self-belief because imposter syndrome is when we doubt our capabilities, when we doubt the value we bring, when we doubt something that we've just experienced as good because we don't think we deserved it or we we thought it was just down to luck or we you know it's really we sort of have this negative self-talk and as I said at least 70% of the people might experience it but the statistics show that that's not always throughout their life it might just be at certain points so of course scenarios circumstances can can bring on imposter syndrome more than other times so again it can be um, very much linked to scenarios and situations rather than just consistently always feeling like you have imposter syndrome. So certain things can bring that out. But if we think about um, self-belief and self-doubt, which is obviously where imposter syndrome sits, on a continuum, obviously self-belief is at one end and self-doubt is on the other Ideally, what we would want to do as we move forward through this episode, I'll explain this a bit more in a bit more detail, but ideally what we would want to do is move that slider up the continuum towards self-belief. So that's really the aim of today's podcast is to talk about how we can go from self-doubt to self-belief. So really what I want to do is talk to you today about how to hack your brain and how to really just help yourself get past these moments where you feel like you are an imposter. When we self-doubt, it's very easy to self-sabotage because we tell ourselves the opposite. So instead of giving ourselves this pep talk, we end up giving ourselves 
yeah, some negating, self, negative self-limiting beliefs or we talk down to ourselves because we just don't believe that what's actually happening or what's about to happen or how we're positioning ourselves is true. So we self-sabotage, which again is no good for anybody. But the other thing as well about imposter syndrome that self that studies have shown, sorry, is that this typically happens to talented and skilled people. So not only are you in good company of about 5.5 billion people, but it mostly affects people who are actually skilled and talented. (laughs) So if you feel imposter syndrome, the first hack of today's episode is you're in really good company of talented and skilled people who are all going around questioning their ability. Yet we know that person who stood opposite you, who's feeling the same way that you feel right now, is super talented, super skilled. So we should then believe that about ourselves. We kind of need to pay that forward um, in terms of, you know, not only just that confidence and self-belief, but also, you know, just giving people a pat on the back and telling them when they've done a good job. That definitely helps people believe in themselves. It definitely removes self-doubt. That's why things like feedback, recognition, etc., are so important. But as I said, it happens to talented and skilled people, you know, and within that group, you know, we're talking CEOs, people that are running multi, multi multi-million, billion dollar pound organizations. We're talking Hollywood actresses. We're talking very wise, authoritative authors who are there to inspire. We're talking people who we put up there on a pedestal. They don't put themselves on the pedestal. So if it can happen to them and it happens to us, then it's clearly a very modern, common phenomena that we need to understand, A, how that impacts us and B, how we can hack it. Because we can. We can absolutely do this. So let's talk a little bit about what it is and how it impacts us. So imposter syndrome is a pretty new phenomena in the grand scheme of things. It was kind of talked about really around about like the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, initially it was thought to be attributed to very high achieving women who basically were unable to take on board their belief in their own abilities. But since then, it has been recognised that no, it isn't just a female or gender biased phenomena. It actually affects all genders in all types of positions. But it is very much for the people who are talented and skilled. And everybody is talented and skilled. We are all talented and skilled, no matter what our role is. I've always said this, whenever I've been running any teams or working in any organisations, if that person over there hasn't got the capability and the capacity and the knowledge and the skills to do their role, whatever it is that they do, the rest of the department won't work because everybody in a department, everybody in an organization, even people who are working in um, a factory-based role on a conveyor belt, we're all delivering something that is important. So we are all skilled and talented in our own way. So let's not ever forget that. Whatever we do, we are all skilled and talented. And I have lost count the amount of times I have witnessed amazing baristas and mixologists make me a fantastic coffee and a cocktail and I am like wow now that is skill that is talent so we're not just talking about academically bright people we're talking about everybody has a skill and a talent 
Okay, but imposter syndrome specifically is something that is felt by people who are quite high achieving. They have done well for themselves and they really struggle to imagine that concept. So in 1985, um, a Dr. Clance did explain the imposter phenomenon as being distinguished by six characteristics. So if you have two of these characteristics, it's likely that you're experiencing imposter syndrome. And to be honest, I think most of us that experience imposter syndrome will will experience more than two of these. So one of those is, is going through this imposter cycle of self-doubt. The second one is, is the need to be special or the best. Now, I think we all feel like that in the role that we do. We all want to be known as an expert. We all want to be known as a specialist. We all want to be known as um, great at what we do. Yeah. And obviously there are some people who can give or take that. But if we're in a role that means something to us, we want to be seen as capable and competent. Also, we might have characteristics of being a superman or a superwoman. So basically, we're untouchable, we're invincible, we can take everything on, and we should take everything on. Why ask for help? Let's do it all ourselves. So that's what we mean by superman, superwoman. Also, we struggle with the fear of failure. Now, again, that applies to like most people. Nobody wants to fail. Everybody fears failure. And most importantly, some of us fear success. But fear, either way, creates very bad physiological and psychological responses, which I'll talk about in a minute. So fear is the key thing there. Fear, fear of failure, fear of success. Also, denial of ability and discounting praise. So if we experience feedback from people that we just can't believe, or if we get praise and, um, you know, we're adamant, you know, that that wasn't meant for me, it must have been meant for somebody else you know, or we just don't believe that what we've done was a great piece of work, then we are, you know, denying our ability and we're discounting praise. And then again, going back to fear, fear and guilt of success, which I've already just mentioned, but it's this guilt thing as well, as well as fear. It's, It's this guilt about success. And actually, you know, sometimes people feel that, well, you know, I shouldn't be here. I've not earned this position. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, Joe blogs from down the road and you know I I've just I'm just the same as everybody else why should I be here so you know I think again it's that whole thing about guilt and fear so some of this can come about from childhood experiences you know I talk quite frequently in these episodes about our inner child and what's happened to us in our early years but that does shape who we are Some of that can also come from parental expectations. You know, I've had many conversations with some of my colleagues, some of my clients around the belief that they have to be something to meet the approval of their parents or to show that teacher that didn't believe in them that they have made something of themselves today. And the pressure on that person is unreal because obviously this is an emotional it's got an emotional connotation and this can, this, you know, this can sabotage and, you know, hamper people's confidence and belief for their entire life unless they work it through. So childhood experience, parental expectations, and also different neurological patterns as well. So for example, as I've said, I have ADHD, imposter syndrome is pretty high 
on the list of factors for people who have ADHD, particularly women. And also various different personality disorders, people with anxiety, people who are quite high on the neuroticism spectrum as well. And again, there's nothing wrong with having any of these differences. It just means that these scenarios like imposter syndrome might be even more high on your list of situations that you have to deal with on a regular basis. But what does this actually mean to our health? Because I think that's the most important thing here before we get into how we can hack it. So first of all, fear and anxiety. Our brain will pick that up in a split second. The amygdala, it picks it up and it, it kickstarts your nervous system and your chemicals, your chemicals within your body. So your hormones and your neurotransmitters And then the body starts doing what it needs to do. So this lethal combination of chemicals that happen when you go into imposter syndrome is the stress hormone cortisol. So that's going to flood your body because obviously you're in fear. So fear equals fight or flight or even freeze. And so that activates your sympathetic nervous system. So you may also feel some adrenaline as well in your system. It also lowers your serotonin. Now, serotonin is a feel-good neurotransmitter that regulates your mood. So obviously, if that gets lowered, the ability to regulate your mood and your mood to become less positive is a very real scenario. It also lowers the dopamine. Now, dopamine is linked to reward and motivation. And actually, in people with ADHD, we have impaired levels of dopamine, which is why we probably are more prone to some of these issues of imposter syndrome but reward and motivation are the things that you know keep our dopamine levels high and dopamine is is a feel-good hormone but if we don't feel motivated or if we don't feel um worthy of the praise or we don't feel like we're able to deliver what we're supposed to deliver because we feel like an imposter then obviously that's going to lower the dopamine also in both genders this is an interesting thing to know but The testosterone levels decrease when our confidence is low. And therefore, that means that your ability to take risks is impaired. Now, in life, we have to take risks, taking a leap of faith and sometimes in our own abilities. So if we are diminished in those hormones and in those neurotransmitters, or if we've got increased hormones that affect the rest of our body, then it's going to make it very difficult for us to move into a better place. So we need to, you know, take account for that being, you know, the case in our body when we we feel imposter syndrome. So as I said before, it dysregulates our nervous system, you know, and it's not natural to be in this sympathetic fight or flight state all the time. So what happens in these scenarios is our normal bodily functions don't function as they should because our body needs to conserve energy to do the fighting the fighting or the running, the fleeing. And what happens then is that different physiological changes occur, such as shallow breathing, um, increased heart rate, the digestive system stops working, um, the blood pressure changes... So there's so many different things that happen to your body when you are in fight or flight and imposter syndrome can put us into that situation. And so if we're consistently feeling in that space, we need to work on that to manage our health because ongoing um, dysregulated nervous systems will lead to health issues. 
mental and physical health, but definitely physical health issues. That can also induce impaired sleep and energy as a result of that. So obviously when we don't sleep and when we don't have any energy, we stop doing all the healthy things like we don't exercise as much. You know, we don't tune into meditation or any of the kind of mindfulness activities that we might do to keep our brains healthy. We stop eating a balanced diet. You know, we we can't take time out without guilt because we feel stressed. We feel anxious. So all these things disappear. And then what do we do? We self-soothe. So we reach for the alcohol, we go to the caffeine, we go to the sugar, we might even go to the hard drugs. Before we know it, we're in this vicious cycle. And, you know, this imposter syndrome is just one aspect of one thing that can impair your psychology, your mental health, your physical health. And when we add this to all the other elements that we talk about, you know, imposter syndrome is something that we really do need to rein in. So, you know, from an imposter syndrome perspective, one of the key things to remember is that if we distrust ourselves, if we don't feel capable, how can others believe in us? Now, they will. They will believe in you because imposter syndrome is a false. It's a false economy. It doesn't exist. We believe it does, but it doesn't actually exist, which I'll talk about shortly. But if we start feeling like that consistently and we move into those awful situations that I've just talked about with our health, we're going to lose the confidence of others and we're going to lose the confidence in ourselves and we're just going to get into this downward vicious cycle and it will be a lose-lose. We need to have courage in our convictions. So how are we going to do this? I've spent 20 minutes introducing imposter syndrome, but I think that was well worth time. And now I'm going to spend 10 minutes about 10 minutes talking through how we can reframe imposter syndrome. So this is the good stuff. (laughs) This is what I've been working on to change my mindset today based on how I was feeling yesterday. So if you do or do not know this already, I am just going to give you a very little explanation about neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is about reframing and rewiring our neural pathways to a different way of thinking and being, which in turn changes our habits and our underlying thoughts. And then our habits and our underlying thoughts, you know, consistently change our neural pathways. And before we know it, we're in this positive cycle. So we've gone from this negative cycle that we've just talked about into positive cycle, where our you know, our brain is changing because of the things that we're doing to it. So some of the things that, you know, that we can do to, to make this um, possible on a daily basis is affirmations and vision boarding as well as journaling our wins. Now I do this every day. So every morning I do 10 minutes on vision board and affirmations and I find my affirmation that really stuck with me because I have a few and I, I do like a shuffle. I have an app that I use and I shuffle the affirmations And some of the affirmations are from the app, some of the ones that I've put in there myself, but they're all ones that really talk to me specifically. And when I find the affirmation that's really spoken to me that morning, I will then go and search search for a quote that reflects that on the internet. And then I will add that into my journal because I have a digital journal. And that quote then sticks with me for the rest of the day. So not only have I done my affirmations, but I have actively found the affirmation of the day 
the affirmation that makes sense to me for that day, for what I've got in my kind of next 24 hours, what I need to achieve, what I need to get done, how I need to feel. And I go away and I find a quote and I use that quote as my anchor for the entire day. And my vision board is also digital vision board. And on that vision board, it has everything of who I am, want to be, where I want to be, what I want to achieve. But my vision board is that I have achieved it. It's there. I am achieving. These are the things. This is who I am. And then at the end of every day, I journal my wins. And this, again, allows you to feel confident that you have achieved what you set out to achieve that day. And sometimes there are days where you think to yourself, I haven't actually achieved anything today. But that is absolute BS because everybody achieves things every day. It doesn't have to be work related. It can be related to anything. So for example, it might be, actually, I didn't really go on social media for that long today, which again, let's talk about social media. That's a killer. That's a killer of self-confidence because social media, you know, leads to comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. So that's another great hack as well. You know, don't spend so much time on social media. Like I actually track my social media um, timings. Again, I have an app on my phone and I do less than 60 minutes a day. And that's across all channels. I won't do longer than 60 minutes a day unless it's work related because I just don't believe it serves me for longer than 60 minutes. And even 60 minutes, I don't do. That's my max. So again, think about where you're spending your time and how you're bigging yourself up because that's so important. That really does help to reframe and rewire the brain. I'm also going to refer back to the book that I've spoken to about in the past called The Chimp Paradox, which is really around looking at the part of your brain that comes out as self-doubt. That's the chimp. What you need to do is manage your chimp because your chimp will always tell you that you are not good enough. Your chimp will always be there going, but can you really do it? Was it really you? Did you really achieve that? Just shut the chimp up, put the chimp back in the box, get rid of the chimp. (laughs) But I would definitely encourage you to read The Chimp Paradox. It's a great book. And another book that I'm going to recommend on today's podcast is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Now, I followed James for years. I followed his blog for years before he released that book. And the book is a really great book because he's talking about making mini changes to the way that you do things that lead to this greater result of complete habit changes. Well, we've just said, you know, actually changing your habits, changing your underlying thoughts creates neuroplasticity. So actually, you know, I'm going to talk about be it till you see it. And actually... Be it till you see it, fake it till you make it. This is all around changing your ways of being, changing your ways of doing so that you actually reflect the person you are, the person you want to become. So imposter syndrome is scary. You know, when you're actually in this state, you feel like a fraud. You do feel like you're faking it, okay? But a lot of the time, we are faking it. We are a fraud. Let's just make no bones about this because sometimes we're just starting out in certain areas and nobody is perfect. We are not going to be the best version that there ever was of that person. A, when we're just starting out and maybe even B, sometimes after years. But even if we were the best of the best, we would probably still feel like we weren't because that's very hard to wrap our heads around. 
So one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today, this is a hack that I've actually introduced myself straight away this morning when I was thinking about it. This whole thing about fake it till you make it, be it till you see it, it's really, to me, it's about acting. And we are all acting in some ways. We're all pretending to be something we're not, or we're all stepping up to be something that we're not quite ready to be yet, but we want to be there in time. So we pretend that we're in that position, you know, and we're all walking around actually just trying to make the best out of our lives. We're all doing exactly the same. So again, let's not worry about what was happening with other people because we're all in the same boat. So don't ever forget that. But what I decided was that instead of calling it imposter syndrome, I'm going to start calling it improv system. So whenever I feel like, oh, that's my imposter syndrome, I'm going to go, hang on a sec. This is my improv system. And what does improv mean? So improvisation is really about trying to be something that you're not. And improvisation is really, if you think about improvisation, comedy or improvisation actors, it's around on the split second, they have to be that person. So they're trying to be this perfect character. And as I did the research before this particular podcast, I found a really good image, a diagram. It was a Venn diagram, which basically shows that if you move like the character you're trying to be, if you sound like the character you're trying to be, and if you know what their wants, desires, beliefs, and needs are, you will be the perfect character and you are then ready to improvise. So why not just take imposter syndrome and turn it to your improv system and say to yourself, instead of saying, I'm a fake, I can't do this, I'm an imposter, say to yourself, I'm a method actor, I'm getting into the role, I'm doing what I need to do, I'm faking it till I make it, I'm being it till I see it, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to be this person, I'm going to move like them, I'm going to sound like them, I'm going to be that person and eventually you will be that person. So really try to change imposter syndrome to improv system and the beauty about both of those is the acronym for imposter syndrome and improv system is is. So what does is mean? Is is a fact, is is a certainty, okay? So next time you are feeling scared, next time you are worried, next time you don't feel like something is for you, next time you don't feel like you've achieved something, just remember it is. It is you are. It is you are. And all you need to remember is 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 is. So from imposter syndrome to improv system to is. Okay. So again, what we're trying to do there is just reframe where you're at. Nobody's perfect. We're all just trying to make the best out of our lives and do the best we can. So let's focus on this improv system. And then a few final words I just wanted to say, and this is a really simple one again. Would you talk to your friend or your partner or your child the way that you're talking to yourself. Everybody needs positive encouragement and you would never dream of saying to them, well, of course you're faking it and everyone will find out soon enough, so why don't you just forget it? You're absolutely rubbish. Don't even try. There's no point. I mean, can you even imagine trying to say that to your partner, your child, your parent, your friend, 
your direct report. I mean, you just wouldn't say it, would you? You just wouldn't say it. I mean, literally, you'd probably get a punch in the face if you did. (laughs) Or they wouldn't speak to you for a very, very long time. So why would you say that to yourself? So let's move from this self-doubt, this negative self-talk, and let's take ourselves into this really positive space. Let's use our improv system to be the best version. Let's stand in our power. Let's have agency. Let's own ourselves and let's conquer self-doubt because you know what? We're all in the same boat, but we're all walking around and we're actually all doing really bloody well for ourselves and we need to recognize that. So on that note, I am going to love you and leave you. (laughs) I really hope this helped. I really hope you like the improv system and the is, because I really think they're two real strong takeaways from today. Um, And I would love for you to share this podcast for anyone that you know struggles with imposter syndrome or self-doubt. And also, you know, download it so you can listen to it next time you feel you're in this scenario. And please also, um, you know, follow, subscribe, to my social media and also to this podcast so that you can get notified of all the next episodes. Because even if each episode doesn't resonate with you, it might resonate with somebody that you know. And it might also be that the next one does, even if this one doesn't. So please subscribe. And I look forward to speaking to you again in due course. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Much love.